Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate, from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate. What is up, everybody? We have a great topic today. It is all about negotiation. So negotiation, the art of it for real estate agents. We're going to hit the five basic negotiation styles real quick, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about real life examples about different strategies and negotiations that we're all facing every week. Multiple offers, both on buyer and seller side, being the big example. So that's what we have for you today. Stay tuned for more. Let me do introductions. I'm Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. I run a team called the 21 Mike team, if you didn't guess that. And we are here in Northeast Ohio, actually all the way down to Columbus. We cover the northern half of Ohio, and we have a team of about 40. We're going to do about 500 transactions this year, Tony. So staying in that first place spot for Century 21 nationally and possibly globally, that's open to debate, but we'll, that's another podcast. Uh, if you want to reach me, email is always best. Mike at 21mike.com. And please, whatever platform you're watching or listening to this on, whether it's the podcast, Free Beer and Real Estate, or on YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are, please drop your comments. I mean, we really love to hear from you. We want your opinion on the real estate market and on topics. If you want to have us hit a topic, we love suggestions from the audience. Now, speaking of we, I'm not talking about me and the mouse in my pocket, I'm talking about Tony Geraci. Tony Geraci's broker owner of Homestar about 500 plus agents, 30 years of knowledge, and just an all-around great guy. What's up, Tony? Not much. Same stuff, different people. It's busy out there for a lot of people. So yeah, keeps me so, busy. Yeah, Tony, I don't know how you do it. You make yourself available, uh, Tony, to schedule an appointment with him or talk real estate. Hit him up on his cell phone. Shoot him a text. He text is okay. Text yeah. is best. It's like I was, I try to explain, it's like knocking on the door. <laughs> before you you enter. So Tony, some people don't believe me that I give out your cell phone. Oh, he can't want you to do that. So today I want you to tell people your cell phone so they understand that you are good with it. Sure. Yeah. It's 216-374-1269. That's my direct phone number. I use it for everything. Don't I don't even have an office phone anymore. <laughs> so Thanks, Tony. All right, so let's get into it. I, like I said, I want to hit the five basic negotiation styles here, and we're just going to spend like a minute on 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 each one. Um, the first one is compete. Okay, it's I win, you lose. And I know you guys have all been in a negotiation with an agent or with a party on the other side, who like had this mentality of I'm going to beat you down until we win. Okay. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I know it's frustrating sometimes being in a negotiation with someone like that. And that's a time when if you're on the other side, you really just need to stand your ground if possible. The problem is that we're in a seller's market. So sometimes the buyers have to back down. And that's something that we're all experiencing right now. So again, not saying any of these are right or wrong, but just to recognize that there's basically five styles of negotiation. And the first one is compete. I win, you lose. Tony, any quick comment on that one? Right. No, that's, I think that's the most, uh, I want to say common, but most mentality going into negotiations. I think there's going to be a winner and a loser 
and that's uh and obviously you're going to go over you know the pros and cons to that mentality too yeah well i mean obviously if you're the one winning and you win for your client that's a pro, that's a pro if you're the one losing then it's a con um by the way guys i wanted to interject here remember as agents as brokers when we're negotiating we're carrying out the will of our clients so one little pro tip for you that i'm going to interject you can keep the atmosphere of the negotiation better by not using the words I, okay? Don't say, well, I think this, or, you know, this, I'm not going to let that happen, or I'm not going to agree with that. It's not what you want or what you think, it's your client, okay? And the other thing is, it also sets a weird tone. Like when I say, Tony, my buyer won't do that. It kind of sets a negative tone. So what I would recommend is saying the buyer or the seller, or even call them by name. Well, I spoke with Tony and he said he'll do this, but not that. So actually using their name sort of humanizes them and saying the buyer, the seller, not my buyer, kind of has a negative tone to it, doesn't it, Tony? Yeah, right. Exactly. Again, it's just like what what the feel for it, and you know, it could it definitely could be a plus. I I enjoy using the people's name, you know, Mister This or first name Mister and Mrs. And uh, definitely, if I am wanting dealing with a seller, and yeah, humanizing it, these are people, not just numbers on on that kind of thing. Because yep. we, you know, this too, is that we it's not all about numbers <laughs> a lot of agents say my offers higher well uh, they want to sell it to these people because whatever reason you know there is it's just not always the the offer the the the, the issues that make it easy for sellers and i mean i know you're going to go over all that <laughs> yep so it's number two so the first one's compete number two is accommodate that's the i lose you win mentality and that's Unfortunately, a lot of us get backed into that corner and our buyers have to cave if they want to win. Uh, but that's number two. And it's just the opposite of the first one. We don't really need to spend a lot of time on that. Just be careful if you have to do that, you know, because you may not be doing the best for your client if you're always falling into an accommodate strategy. Now, number three is a lose-lose. And that's, they call it the avoid strategy. It's just avoiding conflict. And sometimes you'll experience this, agents will become passive aggressive, you know, just ignoring your emails, calls, or texts. Nobody wins in those cases. And definitively, I can tell you, this is not a strategy that anyone recommends. So avoid the avoid strategy, Tony. I mean, over the years, I'm sure you've seen this and it just blows up. It causes problems. Oh yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm trying to not go into the, I, mean, I could go into all of them all in the row, but yes, the of, of avoidance is just not you know, uh, don't call us, we'll call you kind of mentality. I kind of talk about. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll interject a pro tip here. Basically, what Tony is saying is that communication is key, regardless of what strategy you're going to employ, and where you're falling in this range of one to five. Communication is key. At least you keep the doors open to making some kind of deal. And that's a great segue for me into number four, which is the compromise. That's the, I lose some and win some and you lose some and win some. And frankly, guys, this is where we end up quite a bit in real estate. I mean, Tony, I know you can think of a million examples of the compromise and this isn't the worst, but there's one that's even better. Uh, but I'm gonna leave this open for you to make a quick comment on the compromise. 
And uh, well, I always picture this as a compromise, maybe when you have buyers that want to lowball sellers. And, and they always think, well, we're just going to keep on going back and forth and back and forth until we compromise on a certain amount. But let's start low. But then I try to explain to buyers, you might insult them. And always brings up that Terry Watson. Remember Terry Watson? Uh, that he was a great, he's a great speaker. I don't, I haven't seen him in a while, but a really good speaker. He, he had a joke that what he does when he has a listing and if someone lowballs their offer, he, he, re, he has their sellers go back at, with $1 million as their, <laughs> as their counter offer. If you're going to be ridiculous low, we'll be ridiculous high. And I've had agents explain that uh, I've had uh, listing agents that with us not accept buyers anymore saying, if you go so low, you might insult them enough that we don't even want your offers no matter what it is. So that's, I don't know if it's that's on the compromise type deal. So sometimes you got to tell people you just can't go too low or, you know, you know, go too high. And if you have that compromise mentality, you might not have the option to compromise. I, I love that. I, don't, I, I love Terry Watson, but I never heard him say that. Um, one of the things, one of my favorite sayings, if you have a, a, a client who feels like maybe they gave up a little bit too much, but you feel like the deal was fair, sometimes I'll say to them, look, I think that you have a fair deal for both parties when both sides feel like they gave up a little bit too much. Now, if you feel like you got steamrolled, no one likes that. But with the compromise, if you feel like you gave up a little too much and maybe the other party does too, it probably wasn't a bad deal. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, real estate agents serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number one team for Century 21 in the entire U.S., Contact Mike via email at mike at 21mike.com. But that moves me on to number five, Tony, which is the way that we like to try to negotiate whenever possible. And it's the collaboration. It's I win, you win. So it's always about communicating and finding common ground. So if you're, like you said, Tony, highest offer isn't always the best for the seller. You know, maybe there are other factors at play that make other things appealing. So I would encourage you all whenever possible, I mean, we have to be able to shift to any one of these five styles, given the needs of our client. Remember, given the needs of our client, those are the most important words that I've said today, but shifting between these as needed, but always, I think, striving to be collaborative in your negotiations will give you the best results. Final thoughts, Tony, before we get into some specific examples. No, I, I, no, I like that last one the best, of course. But um, in today's real estate negotiations, it's it's not it's mostly, in my opinion, in my experience, is negotiating with the other agent and how to relay your offer to their sellers. If I'm just on a buyer side of things, and not to go, I'm not going to spend ten minutes going over old school. We used to meet with the sellers directly, face to face. And then there was a change in the industry where it's more paperless and now agents. So uh, communication, like a collaborative with the other agent. And I try to, uh, and with our agents, with the listing agents, is talk to the, uh, talk to the other agent. Talk to the other agent, make sure that they know 
what your offer is so you could negotiate that not just through text not through just emails is is be collaborative is as much as you can when it's our listings and when it's our buyer sometimes the other agent doesn't want to talk they just want to text so do your do your best i've had agents and i don't know if you've used this i've agents to send video okay well if you don't want to talk it's fine i'll be happy to let, this is the video this is i'm explaining the offer explaining how, how good my buyers are and and being more um you know, more, uh, show more emotion than just in a text or email. Yeah. Yeah. Words on paper don't convey anything other than the words on paper. So uh, specific scenarios, Tony, I'm going to try to hit three. I, I don't know if we'll get to all three, but I definitely want to talk about number one is the multiple offer scenario. We're going to talk about it both from the seller side and the buyer side. So let's start from the seller side. You're sitting on multiple offers. now. One of the things about negotiation is making sure to understand things from the other side's perspective. Now, be careful, agents and brokers, when you're out there, if you convey to your client, hey, this is what they're thinking, or this is how I think they'll react, careful how you phrase that when you're talking to your client, because how many of you, raise your hands, have ever had a client say to you, oh, I feel like you're working more for them than you are for me. I know that I've, right? I know I have, and that's frustrating because in your heart, you know, no, 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 I'm just trying to help you understand how we can negotiate better by putting ourselves in their shoes, but you don't want to say it like that. So instead, make sure you're clear with your people that, look, I want to negotiate the best deal I can for you. Let's try to understand how they're thinking so we can best negotiate. Okay, so be careful with that kind of verbiage, though. So anyway, going back to multiple offers. So you're the listing agent and you have multiple offers. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands again, even though I can't see most of you. How many of you say that asking for highest and best is just across the board, the best strategy? I mean, it makes sense. Highest and best by tomorrow at five. That's just the best strategy because it's going to it's gonna leverage all the buyers and I'm going to get the best offer, the best outcome for the seller. I'll just throw in there too. It's in my opinion, I'd say uh, without escalation clauses, please. <laughs> yeah, that's we've done so many videos on escalations, Tony. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. But regardless of what it is, so I, I would argue that as a listing agent, I want to put as few as few limitations on the offers as possible. I'm going to welcome all you offers with open arms. I want for the seller, it's best if I have more offers, not fewer offers. So getting back to the raise of the hands, and I kind of jokingly raised my hand because I feel the true answer to that question is it depends. Okay, so sure, highest and best, highest and best can be a great outcome. It can create the best outcome for the seller. Notice I'm not saying my seller because I taught you guys that about 10 minutes ago. But I've seen it firsthand, Tony, where highest and best causes some buyers to drop out of the race. And what are the famous words they always say? You guys can say it along with me. I don't want to get involved in a bidding war, right? I see Petrina's lips moving. We've heard it. So what, what's best? What's best if I announce highest and best and I've got three offers and two of them drop out because they say, I don't want to get involved in a bidding war. I've now taken away that advantage. So I'm not saying don't do highest and best. I'm just saying that 
for those of you who say definitively, this is the way to go all the time, open your mind a little bit. Tony, I see you champing at the bit there. Tell us what you got. Well, of course, it's different. It depends upon who you are representing. Of course, my opinion, age uh, sellers highest and best by a certain time without escalation clauses. If it's a buyer, if I have a buyer and say, hey, I have highest and best, you know, I've walked agents through this a lot of times, especially in the last few years, like, oh, they don't want to get in a bidding war. Well, what's ask them why? Why don't you want to get in a bidding war? Usually they're first response, I don't want to overpay. And then I explained, well, Mr. Mrs. Buyer, you are you getting a loan? Yes, you're getting a loan. I will make sure you will 100% will never overpay for this house. Well, how can you do that? Well, you're getting a loan. We're not putting it, we're not waiving the uh, appraisal. Where we have a, your bank is going to require an appraisal. The appraiser is going to come out. We don't know who the appraiser is. We don't talk to the appraiser. He's an independent, he or she person, and they're going to appraise your house. If your appraisal comes in low, you're out of the deal. You don't get financing unless we write in here and the seller requires appraisal waiver, and that's a whole nother video. <laughs> you're protected. You can't overpay for a house if you have the uh, you're getting a loan and it's based on value of the appraisal, just like in the FHA addendum. Like if you have to do an FHA, it says if this doesn't appraise at this price, you can't get you're not getting the loan and you're out of the deal. You can't that so that's what I feel when buyers I don't want to get a bit, I don't want to overpay. Well, you got to explain to them that there's there's checks and balances with that. Absolutely agree, Tony. And again, the way you present that to your buyer, you know, we're shifting gears here a little bit, talking about the buyer side, and they're related. So I think it's fair to talk about both. You know, you, you want to be careful how you present that, because again, I don't want you to be talking to your buyer and they say, well, what, you just want me to overpay for the property, or you want me to, you know, throw my offer in the ring? Well, I'm, I'm upset. I presented a good offer, and they didn't just take it. Well, oh. that can happen to you. Yeah. Also, on the other side of things is if, if it's your buyer and someone's highest and best, of course, you you try to get that your deal in there and get it accepted even before you get to that point. You try to do your best for the buyer. My personal opinion, I tell agents, don't put a time limit on it. I know I see I'm seeing a lot of that. Buyer says this offer is only good till five o'clock, and I have agents, listing agents, call me. And of course, my opinion is I'm like just just disregard that. Uh, that is showing a pushy buyer. I don't even know if I want that buyer because they might get flaky later on in the transaction after the inspection or something else you know you know they're trying i feel like they're trying to steal the deal from in and not compete against the other deals the other offers they're just trying to sneak their sneak their way in when it's our listing <laughs> of course you try that kind of you try to do that when it's your buyer because you want to try to get them the deal so it's a so what angle and who you're representing you can't blame them for trying. And that is that number one method. That's the I win, you lose. So again, if you're present, if you're representing a seller and you're presented with an offer with a short deadline and the seller is saying, gee, I don't know, do you think that's the best offer that we're going to get? Of course, we have no way of knowing. The only way to find out for sure is to give it more time on market and give it more time for other offers to come in. But again, guys, the whole point here is that it's a balance, right? What if you give it more time and that was your best offer and then the seller is looking at you saying, gosh, that buyer left and bought a different house because you told me to wait three days. I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do, but again, there is no one right way to handle it. So you have to make sure that you really try to read the cards on the table before advising your clients how to ne negotiate. And then uh, back to that, because I that comes up quite often. Um, it, 
about the timeline. So what I say to our listing agents is you could go back to the buyer's agent. Can you give me a reason why? Why is this only offer five o'clock tonight? Just because your buyer wants it? Are they trying to get in there before? Or is there a, a, another reason like example? Hey, my buyer likes two places, likes yours better, but they have this other place and that's their backup. And if, if you don't accept, they don't want to lose out the other one. That to me is like, okay, that's a legitimate reason. Let me go back to my seller and say, hey, they love your house better, but they can't wait three days because they might miss out on this other house. That's a different, you know, so you could you could ask questions in, and why um, yep. with your listing. I'm going to tell you a quick story, guys. So years and years ago, we had a duplex with, uh, I, I knew it was going to be a hot property. Offer came in on day one. The buyer's agent, probably per the buyer, put a deadline on it. And I went to the seller and I said, I think we can do better. I'm not sure. But they're saying that they're going to pull this offer if we don't respond by 6 p.m. tonight or whatever it was. And it was a risk. And ultimately, I let the seller make the decision. I laid the choices on the table. You know, we could use any of those five negotiating styles. And at the end of the day, we chose to say, no, we're not going to respond to you by six tonight, we're going to wait until at least tomorrow or Wednesday, you know, whatever the day was, you know, I'm using today as the example, uh, but we're going to wait, we're going to wait, we're not going to respond. If you're still interested, great. If not, we understand. And guess what, Tony, they pulled out, they, they rescinded their offer. Now, I was a little nervous, but hindsight 2020, it was the right thing to do because we got two, three, four more offers and they were higher. The end result was a higher sale price than that first offer. So we made the right choice. But in the moment, I couldn't have known that. It was an educated guess and we did the right thing, fortunately. So I guess the point guys is to just understand that there's these different routes. It's not always the best thing to do. You know, now if that deal, if those other offers that came in were lower than that first offer, the seller might've been mad at me, right? Never know. And my final thought would be, if that's all right, if I could jump, jump in here, <laughs> I'm stressing, especially to new agents, is, is that negotiations is a relationship with the other side. It's not just buyer and seller, it's a relationship with the other agents. And in, in, in Ohio, especially in Ohio, we have such a limited amount of agents. We don't have that many agents in Ohio. People think, well, there's, we're oversaturated with agents. Just like in, in the state of Ohio, the, in the county, Orange County, California, there's more agents in that one county than the whole state of Ohio. So the point I'm getting at, you're going to run across each other a lot if you're going to be successful in real estate. So negotiation and how you handle it with other agents, you're going to handle it. I know 100%, please just always remember this. And sometimes it's, it's pride swallowing is that when you have buyers or sellers and you're dealing with the other agents, they're going to remember this relationship next time you come across. And if you have a buyer, I have agents, even with our own office that will say, I, I, uh, the last deal I had with this agent was horrific and it fell through. And I don't want, I want, do I have to explain that to my seller? And I say, of course you do. You explain everything you know about the agent or the buyer when it's your listing and you say, I had a horrible thing. The deal fell through 
They didn't, the buyers weren't pre-qualified. So if you don't have pre-qualified buyers or flaky buyers or buyers that are just not going to perform, will hurt your own business. So your clients will can help or hurt your, your reputation in the business too and help, you know, you have three buyers that fall apart. Uh, the next time you have more buyers, they, they, those first three deals could have hurt your reputation in the business and hurt those buyers using you to buy more houses. So if that made some sense. <laughs> of course, uh, Tony, I, I can think of a couple examples off the top of my head. I, of course, won't say names, but we know there's certain agents when we see their names come across our desks, we know that we've had bad experiences and we feel it's our duty to inform our client about that. You know, that becomes a pattern. If it's one time, you know, and especially depending on how the agent handled it, maybe it's no big deal. But again, if you guys want to do more business and secure the deal, whether it's buyer or seller for your client, these relationships are extremely important. So I'm so glad you ended with that, Tony, because that's exactly what I had in mind. And that's why style number five, co collaboration, is in general what we believe to be the best. But at the end of the day, just remember, when you're at that crossroads deciding how to advise your clients how to negotiate, there isn't just one best way. You should play all the scenarios out with your clients and let them make the choice. It's not you negotiating, you're negotiating on behalf of your clients. So, so any final, final thoughts, Tony, and then we'll wrap it up. No, that's it, but always reach out. I'm happy to discuss, brainstorm, and ideas on how to uh, you know, get those negotiation skills to the next level. Yeah, please text Tony. He only sleeps like 30 minutes a day. So pretty much 23 and a half hours, he's good. Almost. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, next week, just real quick, we, I'm going to let you know we have two great sessions coming up. Next week, we're going to cover with uh, a title company rep, when does the property transfer? Okay, so we're going to talk about, you know, does it transfer when it's recorded at the county or is it when the funds arrive at the title company? Is it when the seller gets the money? What is the right answer? Because I believe there's a right answer. Okay, that's that one. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed free beer and real estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.